It's good to be here. How are you all doing? All right? That's good. Thank you, Matt and Jacinda, for the, uh, the kind invitation to uh, come and share in your summer series. I think this has got to be the best place in the world to live uh, when it comes to summer, right? What is it, 13, 14 beaches or so on our doorstep? So it's awesome. And, and um, my privilege this morning was to being able to take the five-minute walk uh, to church this morning. We, we live just literally that way. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome to be here. And you guys have a great reputation. You know, as, uh, as someone uh, coming into the, uh, into the environment, hearing, you know, different things going on around the, around the place, uh, you guys, when you're talked about, you're talked about in favorable ways. And I just, I, I really wanted to encourage you with that. Because sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you don't, you don't actually realize quite what you've got. So I just really want to encourage you, you're, you're awesome. You're, Matt and Jacinda, you're doing a fantastic job um, here, and it's a real privilege and honor to be able to just spend a few moments with you, share some thoughts, and, uh, but you guys, as the church, you know, you also uh, are awesome. And uh, it is, it's fun to see a few familiar faces here, but obviously there's a whole bunch of people here who don't know me, and that's okay as well. <laughs> and I'm glad to see that our church has got the same I don't know, like spitting thing or, you know, there's something about these seats up the front, right? You know, just you can't sit there. So that's good. No, no one will get wet with my spit this morning, so that's excellent. Uh, but this is my wife, Rachel, just in the blue over here. Yes, she does deserve a clap. Uh, she does stay married to me, so that's very good. Um, and uh, we've got two uh, young ones. We've got Ella and Annalise. Ella, who's eight, and Annalise, who's four. And uh, they very much keep us on our toes, but uh, they're around the place somewhere, so... It's awesome. I uh, love my family, obviously. And uh, this morning, I, um, I, I wanted to uh, uh, talk around something to do with one of the little books in the Bible uh, called Jude, uh, second to last book in the Bible just before Revelation. And I like small books because they're a bit easier to kind of get your head around normally. Um, and there's a particular uh, a theme that Jude talks about in, in that book, about contending for your faith. And that's really what I wanted to share on this morning. But before I get there, uh, got there, I just, um, just as we were worshiping and, and so forth, I, uh, I don't mean to embarrass you or any way, but I just had you on my heart. And I don't know you from a bar of soap, but what was, what was your name in the field top? Mike. Mike, I, um, I, I, I don't want to talk about the elephant in the room or embarrass you in any way, but I can tell you that you work out. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get the elephant out of the room, but no, Mike. As I um, as I was just in worship and I and I saw you come in and saw you before the service and so forth, I felt like God really wanted to encourage you that that He sees the strength and the softness of your heart, and that you know often we can get kind of distracted by what strength really is, you know, like just in in our daily lives. But I really felt like. God just really wanted to specifically encourage you that when you're dealing with people, or I don't know what you do for a living or how you interact with people or anything, but I just felt like he really wanted to encourage you that the strength is in the softness of your heart and don't ever get distracted by anything else. That is strength. When you can deal with people in that way and maintain that with people, that's an incredible strength to have in your life. So, yeah, just felt like God wanted to encourage you with that. Oh, Nice. Good, good. That's what we need. <laughs> How many broke the speed limit on the way? Oh, no, no, no. 
I didn't, I walked, yes. No, that's cool. Um, so contending for your faith. Uh, and you know, I love how the Bible talks about um, different, uh, he uses different words and different images to kind of connect with us. And when I think of contending for my faith, I, you know, I, I do automatically switch to a sporting context. Now, you can probably tell from my physique that I'm perhaps not a boxer. Um, uh, but, uh, but when it comes to sporting sort of stuff, I, I really enjoy cycling. And the thing is, you get a few ba mates together. Uh, it doesn't have to be many guys. But very quickly, you get into that competitive zone, right? Uh, and so yesterday, for example, we were out riding, and the, I think there were five or six of us, and uh, we sprint for red letterboxes. So if you happen to have a red letterbox, um, then you're a finish line. And so, you know, you try and get a little bit of cunning in there. You obviously try not to let the other guys know that you've seen the red letterbox, jump them at the last moment. Ah, I won the race. But there are some red letterboxes that you know are there, and so everyone's gunning for it. And, I, and I'm, I'm comfortable with that feeling of actually giving my all in a sporting context to try and win. You know, that's just, that's all right. It's good to try and win. It's okay. And, uh, and, and what I love that the Bible does is that it uses this sort of language to switch us and to be able to connect with that. Okay, so that's what it's like in a sporting context for me personally. And there I, I see uh, a relevance to my faith, to my journey of faith. There are times in my faith journey where I also need to be contending for things, right? And the reality is that, you know, you might be here and this might be a totally foreign environment to you. This might be the very first time you've rocked into a, a church service or maybe you've been as a kid or whatever and it, it's, it's, it's foreign for you. And so your contention of faith, if you like, is what's this all about? You, that idea or that thought of kind of wrestling with what is it that this bunch of people get together for, sing a few songs, hear someone prattle on for a bit and think that it's great, you know, like what, what's with that? But equally so, you might be here and you might have been a Christian for 40, 50 years. And yet there are still things within your journey of faith that you need to be contending for, right? And anywhere in that spectrum in between. You know, you could be contending for something to do with a, an area of belief in your Christian journey. It could be contending to, uh, around a person in your life. Maybe for yourself, you're, you're looking at this year ahead and you're thinking there's a real fight on my hands for this particular area in my world. Or, or maybe it's someone else in your life. You're contending for the faith journey in their life. Maybe there's something going on in your marriage that you're contending for your faith journey in. Maybe there's something going on in your kids' worlds, and you want to contend on their behalf to see God really move. You want, to, you want to see victory in that particular area. Maybe it's in a particular attitude, an action, something that you're doing or wanting to stop doing. You know, there are all sorts of different, there's a myriad of different ways in which we can contend for our faith in. And what Jude does in this short little book is he, he talks, he writes this open letter to encourage the believers there to contend for the faith in their worlds because there's something very specific going on for them. And what he does for us is he gives us some great insight into how we are also to contend for our faith. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to read a few of the verses which are in Jude itself and then just pull out a, a couple of key aspects of what he, what he talks about, what he sees, and what he encourages people to do in that journey of contending for the faith. Does that sound all right? Making sense so far? Still with me? It's good. 
If you're not, then sorry. <laughs> okay, Jude 1. If, uh, if you can see the text up on the board, I'm, I'm going to read a few of the verses in there, up there, if you don't have it in front of you. So Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for or by or in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you, and here are those words, to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. Verse 4, for certain individuals who con- whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God and a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. So they've basically got this situation where there's a, there's a few people who have come into the life of the you know, family of faith there, the community of faith in there, and they're actually... They're not just leading themselves off track, they're leading others off track as well. And they've got a real concern. You know, they, they really need to do something about this, otherwise they're going to end up down the garden path somewhere where they're not meant to be. Totally separate, obviously, from the situation here. <laughs> not suggesting that that's the case. Verse 20. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit... Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Then he goes on to conclude the letter. And... And there's, there's a couple of, there's more, but I just want to talk about a couple of the key things that, that Jude does in this letter, which I, which I think are really cool. Because when we think of a fight on our hands, maybe putting on the boxing gloves, so to speak, we think in one context, but in one way, but I think that God would have us be encouraged to think perhaps a little bit differently. The, the first thing that he highlights in here is for them to know that they are kept. For them to know that, that, that you are kept. You know, right in the very first verses in the way that Jew writes this letter, he says this, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father, and kept for or by or in Jesus Christ. The message version uh, puts this really in a cool way. It says, I, Jude, am a slave of Jesus Christ, brother to James, writing to those loved by God the Father, calling, uh, called and kept safe by Jesus Christ. Relax. Everything's going to be all right. Rest. Everything's coming together. Open your hearts. Love is on the way. Isn't that a cool way of, of putting that? You know, being kept in Jesus Christ, being kept in his arms of love. That's the sense of safety, of security that we can have in our walks with God. Before we kind of go out to battle, so to speak, whatever that battle might look like for you, it's important for you to know and for me to know that we are kept in Jesus Christ, that we're kept safe and secure in him. 
You know, for me, when I, uh, when I think of those words, I, um, I, I think of the picture of our, our youngest, Annalise. And uh, she, one of the things that she does early in the morning, she'll kind of come through into our room or sometimes in the middle of the night. And uh, kind of in one of our day's states, either Rachel or I'll kind of grab her and, and pull her into our bed. And it's really dangerous because she just doesn't move. <laughs> like she's just, she's just peaceful, content. She could, she could sleep all night uh, in between us and we'd hardly even know. You know, it's just this, just this picture of contentment, of, of being kept, you know, safe between mum and dad. And actually, sometimes we have literally woken up in the morning and kind of looked at each other and thought, um, honey, uh, how long has she been here? Like, it's not the habit that we're trying to establish, obviously. But and, and she's got a thing at the moment where she'll walk up to Rach, side of the bed, and she'll stand like this close <laughs> to Rach's face. Just tap her on the arm until she wakes up. And you can imagine what that's like, you know, like waking up to someone right there. Anyway, she does it to Rach, not to me. So, Or it's how many campers do we have in church this morning? Yeah, maybe you've been camping or about to go camping. Equally so, that, that other picture that springs to my mind of being kept in Jesus Christ is just that sense, uh, you know, sitting long summer evening around with a, a bunch of close friends or family, just that sense of peace and contentment. Just, just, it's just good, you know? You're kept in Jesus Christ. For some this morning, it's all that you need to walk away with. We face our battles very differently when we know that we are kept in Jesus Christ. There's a security that comes with it. There's a peace that comes with it. And the really cool thing is that, like I said earlier on, if this happens to be the first time that you've ever turned up to a church or maybe you've been coming for a little while, you can have that as well. It doesn't need to be a foreign kind of ethereal concept it can be something that you walk with, live with, have in your life as a very real reality, no matter what's going on within your world. We are to be kept in Jesus Christ. The other thing that is just highlighted in this, in this short little book is Jude then kind of goes on from that right in the beginning. He, he, he outlines what's going on and he kind of builds up to these main uh, verses at the end and he makes this real subtle but really important, significant shift in the way that he's talking to them. Uh, he, he says this in verse 20 and 21. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. He's instructing them to not just know that they are kept, but to keep yourselves in God's love, to keep yourselves in God's love. It's, it's this real subtle switch around where he goes, okay, this is, this is God's responsibility. You, you are kept in him. There's nothing you can do. Make him love you more. Make him love you less. You can be kept in Jesus Christ. Yet on the other side of it, there is something that God wants you to do and me to do as well. To, as we walk forward, to keep ourselves in God's love. 
Peter Davids puts it this way. He says, divine action is combined with human responsibility. Divine action is combined with human responsibility. It's one of these awesome tensions that we have in our, our journey of faith. You know, Yes, God does this incredible thing on this side, but equally so, he wants to partner with us. And we're held in tension as we, as we walk forward together in this aspect. And the cool thing about that word, yourselves, is that it's a community word. It's a people word. Uh, apparently, I don't know how you pronounce it, but hiatus is the, uh, is the fancy word. But it means it's, it's reciprocal. It's not individualistic. It's not like you need to keep your, buck up your ideas and get yourself sorted. It's, that's not what Jude's saying. He's saying as a body of people, you corporately together as a community are to keep yourselves in God's love. That there's something that's not just for the individual, but it's together. As we contend for our faith, we are to keep each other in God's love. We are to build each other up. We are to encourage one another. We are to challenge one another. We're to share our lives. We're to pray for and with each other. We're to do life together and in community. And in fact, he makes a real point of the, the scoffers that are talked about earlier on in verse 18, that this is what they haven't done. They've gone the independent way, and that's part of being what's contributing to them getting off track. But don't do that. Go the other way. Do it together. Do it as a body of people walking together. It's not, it's not just about physically turning up on a Sunday morning, you know? Although that's an important ingredient and an important part of it. It's, it's about being present in the lives of the people around you. It's about being prepared to be the community. About actually doing those things that you know are helpful to one another. It's, yes, there are practical aspects to it. And, and actually, as a church, you have an incredible opportunity to jump into some of those things, you know, whether it be being part of a home group or uh, assisting on a, on a particular team or just getting alongside these guys, Matt and Jacinda, and saying, what is it that you need help with? How can I, how can I help uh, this, this family uh, to walk forward? There are practical aspects to that, but it's bigger than that as well, you know. It's not just about ticking that box of, yes, I serve. Yes, I'm part of that group. It's, it's about being present. It's about being there. It's being about being prepared to listen to that still, small voice of encouragement from God to say something in particular to someone. It's, a, it's about doing that thing that you know will radiate with God's kindness into their life. It's, it's just about keeping each other in God's love. Romans 14 verse 19 says, So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. I like how the Bible's honest. Let's aim for harmony in the church. In other words, that's not an easy thing. <laughs> but let us be a people that would aim for harmony within the church. When I, when I think of this, I, I, I think of, um, you know, if you cast your mind back to the last Olympics, and um, there was that Kiwi girl, uh, Nikki Hamblin, and the American girl, Abby D'Agostino, Abby. Uh, and they were running in that 5,000-meter um, heat. 
And how many remember the moment they both fell on the track? Yeah, the, the kind of the clip of that kind of goes viral around the, around the globe. But, you know, in case you've kind of forgotten what happened in that moment, they're running along in this race. Uh, they both go down, they trip over or whatever. Nikki's kind of sprawled on the ground, and uh, she's a bit kind of dazed and confused. She doesn't know what's going on. Abby also falls to the ground, the American girl. She jumps to her feet first. And here are these two competitors from different countries who have obviously trained, you know, thousands and thousands of hours to be where they are. And Abby's first reaction is to turn to Nikki on the ground, reach out the hand, come on, we've got to finish this race. And so Nikki's kind of, she's pretty out there, uh, pretty still a bit dazed. She kind of realizes what's going on. She sees Abby's hand and she kind of stumbles to her feet. They carry on. And uh, they're, they're going for a little bit, and you see in the camera shot that Nikki's just in front of Abby. Abby's just behind her, and she's really struggling. She's obviously injured an ankle or done something. And, uh, and then she stumbles and falls again. And so Nikki carries on for a little bit, but then she realizes that Abby's just fallen over again. So now it's her turn to turn around, to go to Abby and say, come on, we've got to finish this race. And they, and they eventually do. And there's just something of the... Uh, of the community in that moment that resonates just so loudly with us, eh? And, uh, and, and so it is to be in our faith. You know, I, I know what it's like to, uh, to be in both of those situations, uh, to be someone who's, who's reaching out a hand to somebody else and say, look, you can do it. It's going to be okay. Come on. I know that you can't see it at the moment, but it's actually not as big a deal as you think that it is or God's going to meet you right where you are. We can do this together. I know what that's like. But equally so, I know what it's like to be the one sprawled on the floor <laughs> and needing a hand up and needing someone to be able to come and reach into my life. Where else do we have that in our society but in the body of Christ? And that is the picture that we can have if we would so choose to do it. Yes, we, we've got to know that we are kept in Jesus Christ, but also we are to keep each other, keep ourselves. Jude goes on to there from there, and, and he encourages them about how they're to deal specifically with the situation that they've got. And, and it is fascinating but it's a little bit irrelevant. Uh, the fascinating part is that he gets to the point of saying, once you've done this, basically show mercy. The, those people who are leading you off, off track, show mercy to them. Yes, do it with wisdom. Uh, don't let yourself get off track as well, but show mercy to these people. Bring them back on track. And, that's the, and I find that fascinating because <laughs> I know that for myself, sometimes showing mercy to others is not the easy thing to do, right? You know, we actually need to have that background, that base first before we can reach out and show mercy. But it's irrelevant in the sense of that may not be the situation that you're faced with or dealing with uh, right at the moment. And this morning, I, you know, I, I, I want to, I guess, kind of bring us to a close pretty soon. And I really just want to uh, encourage you with whether you're in either of those situations, I, I, I want to encourage you that God can come and speak into that and show you the pathway forward and so forth. 
And uh, I, I just know that it's, it's incredibly vital. And as I was thinking about this morning and, and praying through what, what I should talk about and so forth, I, just, I was going to talk about something different originally, and, and I just really felt compelled to talk about that. And, and obviously, there's a, most of the people in the room, I don't know. I don't know what you're facing at the moment or where you're at, but I do trust that if that's the case, that there's just been that nudge for me to talk about that, that there are people in the room that this is incredibly relevant for.